0: What am I? Try to answer that question for yourself as you listen to this. What am I? Chances are, you've never even heard of me. But I've been around since the dawn of creation. I first dwelt in Adam and Eve. and Since then, I've been engraved in the soul of each human person, although not everyone has followed my dictates. Amazingly, nearly everybody believed in me until a few hundred years ago. The Greek philosophers Socrates, Plato, and Aristotle certainly did. So did Cicero and St. Augustine and St. Thomas Aquinas. Thomas Jefferson even began the Declaration of Independence by making a reference to some of my truths. So, as you can see, it's not only Christians who have followed my precepts over the years. Pagans, deists, and many others of various cultures and religious backgrounds have recognized my existence and wisely given me a hearing. And I've responded by giving them guidance, order, and peace. But please take note. Nowadays, if you wish to be considered politically correct, You'd be well advised either to ridicule me or to ignore me completely. Learn from the experience of Clarence Thomas. In 1991, he was nominated by President George Bush to serve on your Supreme Court. Earlier in his legal career, Judge Thomas had publicly expressed great esteem for me. A fatal mistake, according to some of your liberal senators. They attacked him viciously for this during his Senate confirmation hearings and he was nearly rejected. Believe it or not, I was almost as troublesome for him as Anita Hill was. And yet, my friends, if you and your culture want to survive, you had better start listening to me because I'm your only hope. Without me, You each become your own ruler. And that's the formula for anarchy and disaster. You're already seeing the consequences of leaving me out of your lives. Why do you think there's so much violence in your society? Why are your young people senselessly killing one another with growing frequency? It's because they've been taught to reject me. It's because they're consciously ignoring one of my most important precepts. So, what am I? I'm the natural law. The natural law is the law of God, which a person can discern by human reason alone, apart from any special revelation from the Lord. Until a few hundred years ago, almost everybody believed in it, at least implicitly. But now, very few do. Thomas Jefferson was referring to this law when he wrote this now famous line, We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, and that they are endowed by their Creator with certain inalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Thomas Jefferson said, we hold these truths to be self-evident. In other words, these truths should be clear to anybody who is thinking clearly, who is thinking properly. The truth that all men are created equal, that they have certain rights, among which are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. These truths are not known because they've been revealed by a particular religion. They are, in a certain sense, written on the heart of every human person. And so even pagans who are using their faculty of reason properly will admit that these things are true. They'll also admit that killing and stealing and coveting your neighbor's wife and the like are wrong. This should help us to understand why the founding fathers of this country, who believed in the separation of church and state, had no problem with teaching the Ten Commandments in public schools and displaying them in public places. They rightly understood that the Ten Commandments did not promote the establishment of any particular religion. They were simply the expression of some of the primary tenets of the natural law. This, by the way, is precisely what the Catechism of the Catholic Church teaches. Paragraph 1955 reads as follows. The natural law states the first and essential precepts which govern the moral life. Its principal precepts are expressed in the Decalogue. Decalogue's the Ten Commandments. This means it would have been possible to figure out the Ten Commandments even if God had never given them to Moses on Mount Sinai. We could have figured them out on our own. I'll demonstrate this to you now by showing you the rational basis of the Decalogue. First commandment, we heard a few moments ago from Exodus 20. I, the Lord, am your God. You shall not have other gods besides me. The existence of God, the fact upon which that commandment is based, the existence of God is something that can be discerned by reason alone. You don't need the Bible. You don't need any special revelation from God to figure out that he exists. Just by looking around at the world. Many people over the centuries have come to the reasonable conclusion that there's somebody behind it all. That there's a supreme intelligence behind it all. In this regard, the writer of the Book of Wisdom said that God's creation is like a great work of art. And he says, only a fool would fail to see a great artist behind this great work of art. Wisdom 13.1 reads as follows, For all men were by nature foolish who were in ignorance of God, and who from the good things seen did not succeed in knowing him who is, and who from studying the works did not discern the artisan. St. Paul said something similar in Romans 1.20. He said, since the creation of the world... Invisible realities, God's eternal power and divinity have become visible, recognized through the things He made. So God's existence can be established by reason alone. And once His existence is recognized, certain things reasonably follow. First of all, He should be worshipped. And all false gods must be rejected. That's commandment number one. His name should be honored and not used as a curse word or used rashly in oaths. That's commandment number two. If God exists and he's the source of everything we have and everything we are, then it's reasonable to set aside one day a week to praise him and worship him and thank him in a special way. That's commandment number three. If God is our ultimate authority, he's to be respected as such. And so are those human beings who share in his authority. Parents, clergy, civil leaders, teachers, employers. That's commandment number four. If God's the creator of every human person, then it's wrong to rob an innocent person of the life that God gave him as a gift. That's commandment number five. It's also wrong to take things from others that don't belong to you. That's commandment number seven. Or to misrepresent the truth. That's commandment number eight. If God designed the sexual act to be an expression of total self-giving and for the continuation of the human race, two facts that you can figure out by reason alone then it's wrong for such activity to take place outside of a permanent, exclusive, lifelong marital relationship. That's commandment number six. Consequently, it's also wrong to want to sever a marital relationship to satisfy your own disordered sexual desires. That's commandment nine. And since stealing from others is wrong, so is cultivating the desire to have what doesn't belong to you. That's commandment number ten. You know what the sad irony is? What I just said to you about the rational basis of the Ten Commandments, that would make more sense to some ancient pagan philosophers than it would to many contemporary Christians. That's how far our society has distanced itself from the natural law. One of the obvious challenges we're going to face in the new millennium is the challenge to bring this idea back and to help others understand it properly. Because without an acceptance of the natural law, we have no common basis for morality. Please hear that. Without the natural law, we have no common basis of morality. Consequently, the culture of death will continue to grow in our midst. Incidents like the tragedy at Columbine High School will happen with ever greater frequency. Before I close today, I'm going to tell you a secret. The homily you just heard, this homily on the natural law, And the Ten Commandments that I just preached to you. I didn't prepare that homily this past week. I gave this homily 18 years ago from this pulpit, the year 2000. When I came across this on my computer a couple of weeks ago, just a few days after the Parkland, Florida school shooting, I said, Oh my goodness oh, I wish I had been wrong. Oh, I wish I had been wrong about the terrible consequences that come from rejecting the natural law and the Ten Commandments. But I wasn't wrong. And the sad reality is, our culture, morally speaking, has decayed even further in the last 18 years. Think about it, my brothers and sisters. Things like gay marriage and the normalization of homosexuality and transgenderism, those things weren't even on the radar screen in the year 2000. Can our culture be saved at this point from total collapse? Yeah, I believe it can. I'll tell you this, it ain't going to happen with a magic wand. For our culture to be saved, people like us need to believe in the Ten Commandments. We need to do our best to live the Ten Commandments. And we need to teach others the Ten Commandments and the natural law. We need to bring back the truth. If enough people do that, if, if enough people do that, And the good news is that 18 years from now, if I'm still around, I'll be able to give another homily on the natural law and the Ten Commandments with a much happier ending. I pray it will happen.